You're listening to a podcast from Northeast Christian Church. For more information about Northeast, go to ncclex.org. Thanks for listening. Today, um, we're doing talk number five in this series called Just Saying, The Power of Words. And if this is your first Sunday to be part of this series... This is such a practical kind of series. I'd encourage you to go back and look at the, uh, take, a, take some time and experience those uh, first several messages. We talked about complaining and then criticizing. And then in Mother's Day, right there in the middle of the series, we talked about encouragement, the power of that. And then last week we talked about lying. And today I want to tell you a story to kind of kick off this whole topic we're going to be looking at today. There were three ministers that went deep sea fishing on the Atlantic and they were having a great time until they got ready to head back and they realized that the engine on their boat was dead. And they started drifting out to sea and after three days of putting out SOS and everything, nobody could find them and they were afraid that they weren't going to make it. So one of the ministers said... I I think what we should do is confess our biggest sin to each other before we meet our maker. And so he confesses to having had a 10-year affair with a woman in his church. Well, the next guy confesses to having embezzled money for 20 years, the whole time he'd been at that church. Thousands and thousands of dollars. They looked at the third guy. His eyes were this big. And they said, well, what's your greatest sin? He said, gossip, and I cannot wait to get out of this boat. (laughs) That's our topic today, gossip. And we're going to be looking at some, what, at least in the first part of the message, we're going, to, we're going to take a look at some of the most important truths about gossip. Some of these are so, so pragmatic, you're going to, you know, well, I know that, everybody knows that. But some of these things you may not be aware of. And I think it's important. When it comes to gossip, all of us could say that we know somebody who gossips, don't we? I mean, think about it. Maybe you've even heard some gossip as recent as this morning. Or maybe, maybe if you were really honest with yourself, you'd say, I kind of have a problem with it. Whatever the case is, we are gossip a lot, don't we? In fact, we might even say that it's rampant. We hear it all the time. The question is why? Why is gossip so prevalent? Well, the first truth that I want to share with you answers that, and that is this. Gossip can seem irresistible. It can seem irresistible. The Bible actually talks about this in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, verse 8. Listen to what it says. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Gossip is these irresistible bits of information you can, you can be in a conversation with a group of people and then somebody can hijack this whole thing by saying, did you hear about so-and-so? And you're like, what? They did what? Does so-and-so know? When did that happen? How did that happen? Right? And before long, most everybody's kind of caught up in the vortex of this thing, right? That's gossip. Choice morsels. It seems so good and juicy, right? But is it really all that good? (coughs) Truth is, I was trying to find a way to illustrate this for you, and I figured out, for me, it's Doritos, okay? Doritos. How many of you like Doritos? You remember, yeah, don't be ashamed. This is not a 12-step program, whatever. How many of you like Doritos? I do. No, be proud, okay? 
I love Doritos. In fact, every chip is a choice morsel to me. You remember the, the commercial Lay's potato chips, you can't eat just one? Well, that's a lie. I can eat just one of those. But these babies, if I open this bag up for the next 25 minutes, you'll watch me eat Doritos. They just have that power on me. In fact, I made my wife so mad years ago. She and I were on vacation, and this was before we had kids. We didn't have two dimes to rub together. And we, were, we had saved our money to go out to dinner at a really nice restaurant that one night, just one night during vacation. And so she was getting ready, and I was waiting patiently, watching Sports Center. I thought, you know what, I'll have a couple Doritos. And a half a bag later, she comes out and says, okay, I'm ready to go. And we go to this restaurant. I order this really expensive fish meal. And then I looked at it, I'm like, man, this doesn't even look appealing to me. I'm kind of full, you know. And she's like, are you okay? Do you feel well? I said, yeah. yeah. And finally, I had to admit, I think I ate about a half a bag of Doritos. And she said, what? Doritos. I can't, I mean, you can't eat just one. The bag is full of those little choice morsels, right? Maybe not so much for you, but that's the case for me. And isn't that the way it is for gossip? You can't hardly resist it. It's juicy. It's especially true today with the widespread use of social media. All it takes is one click on a keyboard or with a mouse, and all of a sudden everybody knows what you didn't want anyone to know. It's all been shared, and that choice morsel is now out there for everyone to see. And you know it's kind of ironic when it comes to gossip that The second truth that I want to share with you about gossip is that the more gossip is shared, the further it is from the truth. There's a little bit of irony. I mean, we're sharing it, right? We want to get the information out there and everything. But the more it gets shared, the more it kind of gets morphed and it it gets adjusted. Starts over here as one thing, and before it gets over to the other side of town, it's kind of different. Kind of reminds me of that that thing called... uh, telephone game. You remember that? Some of you remember telephone game where as a kid we'd get in a line and there we would start with a sentence over here and you'd whisper it to the person next to you and they to the next person all the way down the line till it got over here. And then this person at the end of the line would announce what the, what the sentence was. And invariably it's nothing even remotely close to what it originated as, right? That's what gossip does. It's so funny how different things can become when they get spread around through gossip. And regardless of whether the gossip is accurate or the message has gotten off base, the fact of the matter is when you've been stung by gossip, you know the pain that it can inflict. Maybe you've lost a friendship over gossip because somebody shared something they shouldn't have. Or maybe maybe you were really embarrassed and you can't show your face anymore around that group. Or whatever the case might be, you know And I know gossip is no laughing matter. It can sting because those rumors hit deep into a person's heart. The problem with gossip isn't just that it gets shared. The problem with it is that it can take on different forms. Which brings us to the third truth about gossip. And that is sometimes we try to disguise it, don't we? Think about it. A lot of times we're, it's very difficult to see in the mirror as we're the person who's sharing the gossip because we don't call it gossip. We don't think about it gossip. We're sharing a concern, right? 
We're sharing this information because we have deep care about that person. It can take on a lot of different disguises, gossip can. In fact, sometimes within the church realm, people disguise gossip as a prayer request. They'll say, hey, we need to pray for so-and-so. I mean, we need to pray for Daniel. I don't know if you've noticed this, but he's been hanging around a lot with that new girl at work, Karen. You know Karen. You know the type of Karen is, or maybe you don't, but I do, and I'm just telling you, they're working late a lot. I mean, I don't know that they're working late, but they say they're working. Maybe they are working late. I don't have no idea, but they shouldn't be. We need to pray for Daniel. We need to pray for his marriage. It's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? When we start morphing gossip into prayer requests. Even though you disguise things, you're still gossiping. Sometimes people will say, well, it's true, though. So if it's true, technically it's not gossip, right? I love how Craig Rochelle frames this. He's got a saying. He says, everything that is said must be true, but not everything that is true must be said. And for some of you, that's the best news you've heard in a long, long time. You needed to hear that today. Also, we need to realize, and that that is truth number four, not everything that is true needs to be said. Some of us need to be encouraged by that. A lot of people think that just because something happened in your life, that in order for people to know you, they have to know that, and that's not necessarily true, especially in things that God has forgiven you of. It's no longer relevant to define who you are. There's a, fifth, there's a fifth truth that we need to realize, and that is that what we say has tremendous power. What we say has tremendous power. Proverbs 18, the first part of verse 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. What you and I say has the power to do good in people's lives. It also has the power to do bad in people's lives. And you get to choose that. The question is, what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known for speaking life into people's lives, encouraging them and building someone up? Or do you want to be known for tearing someone down and destroying an individual's self-esteem? The answer is actually really easy to that question. Of course we want to speak life into people's lives. Of course we want to be a person who encourages instead of tears down. None of us should ever intend to hurt anyone. But gossip can hurt people. Lots of people. In fact, there are three people that gossip hurts regularly. The first is gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. Whoever the person the gossip is about, that person is hurt. Whether they even know it or not, they're not even there. But their, their, their reputation or their persona is being attacked. It's being damaged. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Some of you know exactly what that verse is talking about. You've been separated from a close friend or maybe a family member because of gossip. Somebody shared something they shouldn't have. Maybe it wasn't a big deal. Maybe it was a secret crush that you had on somebody, but they shared it. And the fact that the crush has got no traction of ever happening, you're, you're painfully reminded of the betrayal of this close friend. Or maybe it's something more significant. You confided in 
someone, maybe for the first time, that you had an addiction and you've been struggling with it for a long time. And that person just said something and it got out. And before you know it, everybody knew. And your worst fear of being found out actually came true. Or maybe you shared with a trusted confidant about a struggle that you and your spouse are having in your marriage. And that friend shared it with their spouse. And before long, it it was a prayer request throughout the church. And you were embarrassed. You see, you can feel the pain of gossip even just in those stories. If somebody has gossiped about you and you've been wounded by their insensitivity or worse, by their cruelty, just remember it could be much worse. You could be them. And that is a lot worse. Gossip hurts the person it's spoken about, but gossip also hurts the listener. Some of you may be thinking, did I just hear that right? Did you just say that gossip hurts the listener, the person who's just hearing the gossip? And they're kind of an innocent bystander, aren't they? That really, it hurts them? You heard me right. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs, the 17th chapter, verse 4. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Solomon is said to be the wisest man ever to live, and he wrote much of the book of Proverbs, and he wrote this verse. If you listen to gossip, he says, you're a wrongdoer. You're a wrongdoer. So here's a key point to ponder with regard to listening to gossip. If once you stop ta- they stop talking to you, they might start talking about you. They've already proven that they're willing to talk about people. Now is the question, are they going to talk about me? Are they going to talk about you? Keep in mind, often what you allow to happen in your life are things that other people may assume you endorse. may not be true, but that's the assumption they have. So if you're allowing someone to run down your friend or a family member or whoever it is, they may interpret you as endorsing what they're saying by your inaction to do anything about it. The Bible's clear, is wrong to listen to gossip. So gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. Gossip hurts the listener, but gossip also hurts the gossiper. It does. We read in Proverbs, the 25th chapter, verses 9 and 10, listen to this. When, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. You could spend a lifetime building a good reputation, but the Bible says you start gossiping, and if somebody exposes you for it, you can lose that good reputation, never to regain it ever again. So think long and hard about it before you talk about other people. The question is, is it really worth it? Oh, you make a point, and you stand firm on it, but you may risk losing your reputation. When you hear someone gossiping, nobody ever looks at the gossiper and thinks, man, I ascribe to be like that guy. I want to be just like her. The unique ability to destroy people's image behind their back. I would love to tear people down and ruin their reputations. 
Nobody ever thinks that way, do they? When you hear gossip, there are two things to remember. Very important. Number one, I wonder what they say about me when I'm not around. I wonder what they say about me when I'm not around. Because I know they talk. I just don't know if they're talking about me. And if they do, I wonder what they're saying. And then secondly, it kind of partners with that. I better be careful what I say because they may share it later. Don't say something that you don't want repeated. If you know that person is prone to gossip. I doubt any of us would think that people like that are great. In fact... When you talk badly about people who are not around, it says a whole lot more about you than it does about the person you're talking about, doesn't it? Everybody following what I'm saying there? Gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. It hurts the person who's listening. It also hurts the gossiper. Nobody looks at you because you're sharing this choice morsel and thinks, I want to be just like you. Actually, they want to stay away from you. Because the truth is, anytime gossip shows up, everybody gets hurt. Everybody. So the goal then would be very simple. Let's put an end to gossip. Let's put an end to it. It's it's easier to say than it is to do, isn't it? But let me ask, let me say this. When When you say, let's put an end to gossip, then the first question that comes to mind is, how do you do that? And I want to give you two tools I think that will be helpful to use throughout the course of your life when it comes to putting gossip to rest, doing away with it. The first is this, guard your heart, guard your ears, excuse me, guard your ears. Do whatever you can to not listen to gossip. Do whatever you can. Psychologists say that there's just one thing to say to stop gossip. And that's to ask a simple question. Why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? They say the moment you ask the intention of the gossiper, the gossiper will stop in order to conceal their evil intentions. And also, it clearly implies that you are not at all interested in listening to the gossip. So listen. You don't have to be rude or offensive or aggressively say, hey man, what, what are you trying to say to me? What, why are you telling me this? You don't have to get in somebody's personal space and you know, get all busy about it. You just say, hey, why, why do I need to know this? I mean, why are you telling me this? And some of you, you're going, that's great. That's a great question. I'm not going to do it, okay? It seems a little combative and I'm just not wired that way. So I have a second question. A little nicer, okay? So those of you that don't need to be nice, you use the first question. And the second group, if you need to be nice, ask this question. Hey, have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so about this? The person who the focus is of the gospel. Have you had a chance to talk to Daniel about it? Have you had a chance to talk to Karen about this? Because most of the time they're going to say, um, not yet, not, haven't got to it yet. Well, then maybe you should talk to them. Don't you think that would be the right thing to do? And it is the right thing to do. In fact, the question actually comes from Jesus. He was talking about conflict between two believers. But if we were to take that truth, it would fit in every situation of life. Think about it. Matthew 18, 15, he says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. 
there's a problem out there, go to the person. Have a conversation. It's definitely directed by Jesus to work within the context of believers who are at odds with each other, that there's a conflict between them. But if you think about it, that template fits almost every area of life, doesn't it? I mean, if it works out, you've won the person back. So this is actually what Jesus would ask us to do. So when you ask that question, have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so, you're actually helping them to do what Jesus tells them to do. And that's a great thing. Here's the the caveat. Guard your ears. But if you can't stop them and they just keep gossiping, then it may come to the point where you have to distance yourself or maybe even completely cut off ties from that relationship. And here's why. Listen to Proverbs 20, verse 19. It says this, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. I don't know about you, but that last phrase, avoid anyone who talks too much, is a little troubling, isn't it? A little troubling. That's pretty clear instruction. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. So, we're going to guard our ears. The second thing we need to do is close our mouth. That's pretty simple. And if you think about it, it makes great sense, right? If I close my mouth, I can't gossip. I mean, I can, might type it out and gossip, but that's a, little, that's, a little less, that's a little more intentional than just saying it, right? So it makes sense. Close your mouth. Listen to what Proverbs 21 verse 23 says. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. I'm sure my mom said that to me at one point. Your mouth gets you in trouble. If you would just shut it, you would cease to get in trouble. If you find yourself feeling like you need to share something with someone else, okay, just ask yourself this question. Would I want someone sharing similar information about me if I weren't around? Jesus said in Luke 6.31, Do to others as you would have them do to you. We call it the golden rule. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So the issue becomes, when you're about to say something about another person who is not around, would you want someone sharing the same kind of information about you if you weren't around? When we ask these questions, we begin to understand ways to eliminate some of this gossip. You know, there's an entire industry dedicated to gossip. It's called celebrity gossip. There are TV shows, websites, radio stations, uh, podcasts, tabloid magazines, and, and newspapers, all dedicated to sharing the latest celebrity news, scandals, feuds, fashion tips, hairstyles, pictures, and videos of the most popular celebrities in the world today. And there's a whole group of photographers and videographers who follow these celebrities around trying to get that perfect shot. And they have their own term. They're called paparazzi, right? And these, these paparazzi, they stalk the rich and the famous to get that one picture or that one video in order to sell it. And some of these pictures will sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they're the fuel for the gossip industry. These photogs look to get that gotcha moment. You know that moment that embarrasses a celebrity? The goal is to show the photo of that action movie star looking flabby. You know? A little layer over their six-pack abs. 
or showing that, that teenage uh, heartthrob leaving the police station after a DUI arrest. Celebrities seem to have it all, and yet the masses of us common folks seem to salivate to see the proof that the celebrities aren't perfect. Here's the question. Why are we so enthralled with stories about people we don't even know, revealing aspects of their lives that we'd be horrified if the same stories were told about us? Well, it goes right back to where we started in this talk. It's because we see gossip as choice morsels. There's something really appealing to those little nuggets of information that make these superstars look bad. And here's the thing. The problem with gossip, it's similar to the problem with complaining and criticizing and even lying. It originates in our broken and sin-stained heart. That's the problem. Jesus said in the last part of Matthew, the 12th chapter, verse 34, he says, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here's how we think. We share some gossip because if I can have just a moment to talk about somebody else's lack of fashion sense, or if I can talk about somebody else's problems on social media, or if I can talk about somebody else's ridiculous obsession, or somebody else's weight problem, or somebody else's struggle in their marriage, then I don't have to think about my own problems or my own inadequacies. Right? Isn't that how it works? So many think that if I can just push somebody down, I can step over them, and I can make myself believe that I'm just a little better than they are. But the truth is that if I knock you down, I don't stand any taller than I did before. Gossip claims that I am strong because, as I pointed out in the information that I shared, you are weak. But the truth is The gospel says, I am weak, and he, Jesus, is strong. When we recognize who we are, it begins to change our heart. If you're a Christian, if you gave your life to Jesus, acknowledging him as Lord and Savior, and you were baptized into him, then you're a a child in the family of God. No one can ever take that away from you. And you realize that you were designed and created with a purpose and a plan And God has a great plan for your life. When you realize that you're a child of God, then you find that your heart starts to become transformed. And when our heart starts to become transformed and we recognize that, we don't have to worry. We don't have to try to work to put others down in order to feel like we're better or somehow we're loved or we're more valuable. But we understand that in God's economy, We are unconditionally loved and accepted by the creator of the universe. Not just by what people say about us on social media or in the neighborhood or in the hallways at school or work. But rather about what God, the creator and sustainer of the universe, says about you and says about me. When he gets a hold of your heart, that's when your heart starts to be transformed. And when he gets a hold of what you say and your words go from complaining and criticizing, lying and gossiping, and he turns them into words speaking truth and love into the lives of other people. I don't need to be better than you. 
you don't need to be better than me. I just need to help point you to the one who gave me value and purpose in my life, and that's Jesus Christ. See, God transforms hearts that are surrendered to him. And in that transformation process, the words we use and the way we speak, they can't help but be transformed as well. If you've never let God have your heart, it's going to be very difficult for you to do anything that we've been talking about through this series. But the great thing about it is he welcomes you into his family if you're willing to take that step and surrender to him. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this series, and I thank you for your word and the truth that's there. It truly does transform our hearts. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the transforming that you're doing in the hearts of your believers. And you're molding us and shaping our hearts to look and work just like that heart of Jesus. And Lord, I pray in my, for my own heart and for the hearts of those in this room that you would continue to do that. Lord, I pray that out of the overflow of our hearts, that our words will bless others that they will bless you and they will build others up. They will speak love and encouragement into the hearts and lives of those around us everywhere we go. Nobody ever wants to be like a gossip. Nobody wants to be like a complainer or a critic or a liar, but they don't, definitely don't want to be like a gossip. So help us to guard our ears and not listen to gossip. And help us to close our mouths so that when it's necessary to speak truth, we do it in a way that it honors Christ. That we go to that person and we share truth with them in love. But we don't do it behind their back. Lord, help us to put an end to gossip. In our lives and the lives of those around us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.